0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to the What If Project podcast. This is episode 284, and uh, today we're talking to Michael Gunger. If you grew up in the church, specifically like the more evangelical church, and uh, you had like a worship team on Sunday morning with the guitars and the drums and the keyboards and the screen up front with the lyrics on it, and in the little letters on the bottom, it has the you know the the, the name of the song and the artist. Guarantee you, Michael Gunger's name was up there. He is a gifted musician. If you go to iTunes, Spotify, search his name, uh, his music shows up in like the top one hundred Christian songs. Um, super gifted musician. He also founded the Liturgist podcast. Uh, very similar foundation, I would think, as the What If Project. Uh, very much wants to provide a safe place for people to come to be themselves, right? Beliefs are not assumed. Orthodoxy is not needed, <laughs> right? It's just come as you are. Bring your questions. As long as your questions aren't harmful to someone else and your ideas are not harmful to someone else's being, it's all welcome, right? everybody is welcome here in this lifeboat <laughs> that's traveling through the raging seas of systems and institutions <laughs> of religion, uh, and we're just trying to navigate and and find and find ourselves. But anyway, uh, so he's a musician. Of the Liturgist podcast. He's been a really big voice, I think, in the deconstruction movement, uh, helping people put words on questions that they have. Right? Like I know there's so many times I've listened in on that podcast which is not as active now as it used to be, but the the community is still there. But anyway, so many times I listened in on episodes and I would hear them talking about this thing. And even I, like that thing was something that was buried inside of me. And as they're talking, I'm like, yes, like this, this is putting words on this thing that I didn't know what to do with. And I feel so much less alone now and so much less crazy uh, but really big voice in the deconstruction movement. And how this episode came about, and I'll talk about this with him in the beginning, uh, but a friend of mine reached out, uh, Jay Romine, hello Jay, uh, reached out to me and said, he sent me a video that Michael had done and said, you have to have Michael on your podcast and talk about things, <laughs> talk about this video. And the video basically was you know, Michael asking his followers, his friends, like, hey, I'm church shopping, you know, give me some some thoughts and everybody (laughs) had a thought, right? Like some people were like, how could you possibly go back to church? Like what's, you know, it's such an oppressive, abusive institution. Why would you do that? Other people were like, yes, you know, Michael's coming back to the faith, right? Like everybody had this opinion and like blew up and uh, he's just like, what in the world, right? So anyway, Jay's like, you gotta have him on the podcast, talk about this. So I brought Michael on. Uh, He responded to my DM very graciously said, I'd love to talk to you. Uh, We talked about his spiritual journey, Uh, you know, where he was, where he is, the highs and the lows that brought him to this place. We talk about that video that he did. We talk about uh, the idea of the Christ consciousness, right, and the interconnectedness and the unity of all things and what that means, what that could mean for us if we could all grasp that. We talk about reclaiming the Christian faith, right, because I don't know. The Christian faith has been like hijacked, right? (laughs) By so many different things. Just turn on the news and look at the way politicians use the word Christian, the way they use the Bible. Politicians on both sides of the spectrum, right? It's not just one in particular politician or type of politician. It's, It's all of them. They're always using the Bible. They're always using God and Jesus in ways that are going to, you know, promote and push forward. Uh, their agendas and their ideas. And so what does it look like to reclaim the Christian faith and to really follow the way of Jesus the Christ? So we talk about all the stuff in this episode. Uh, It's so good. I have so many other things I wanted to talk to me about, so maybe we'll do another one some other time. But anyway, I'm going to put the link to all of Michael's stuff uh, in the show notes. Also in the show notes, links to my books, Rethinking Everything, uh, Emerging from the Rubble, Uh, And the link's to Patreon if you want to support the show. it's a place that you can do that and get entrance into a Discord community where we hang out, we chat, we share some love, uh, we jump in the lifeboat, and we navigate through those rough waters together. Some days, some weeks, like I've said in the past, the, the conversation is hopping, lots of questions, lots of things being shared. Other weeks, it's kind of quiet as everybody's kind of just living their life, but we're always there. And it's a fun place to meet people and to feel like you are less alone on the journey. So, anyway, all the links to all the things are in the show notes. This is episode 284. It's Michael Gunger. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're sitting down with a brand new guest, uh, someone I'm super excited to talk to, the one and the only Michael Gunger. so Michael, my friend, uh, thanks for responding to my Instagram DM. Thanks for making time for us, for the work you're doing in the world. Grateful for you and for your time.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. So before we start, I have to give a shout out to my friend, uh, Jay Romine. So Jay and I went to high school together. And uh, as I mentioned before we hit record, he uh, messaged me. Uh, on instagram he's like he, he forwarded me one of your videos he's like dude you have to have michael on your podcast and i was like yes like why on earth hasn't this happened we're like 260 something episodes in and mm-hmm. why haven't we made this happen so uh thank you jay for the idea uh this one is for you and uh michael maybe toss out some virtual love to jake he's a big fan and he's a drummer well, he play some of your music in our church back in the nice. day
1: <laughs> well jay thanks for uh, making the connection here it's good to
0: be here definitely so Uh, Here's the deal. I have zero uh, agenda for this episode other than to listen to you, hear some of your story, and see uh, where the good spirit leads us. Because I've heard bits of your story, you know, like snippets here and there. And I've heard a lot about your story from other people, (laughs) both conservative and progressive thinking people alike. So I have a lot of different pieces, but I don't feel like I have the whole picture. And so Uh, Then I saw a video that you had posted on Instagram, I think like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago now, but you talked about maybe going back to church, looking for a church, things like that. And that I know reading the comments stirred up quite a a stir (laughs) of people on the theological spectrum, proving that you can't really make everyone happy ever. And so uh, maybe (laughs) take us into your story a little bit, if you would, Uh, your faith journey, your music, like I said, was huge back in my church days when Jay was playing the drums and you become a voice in the deconstruction world obviously the liturgist podcast. Now you seem to be a bit of a bridge builder that's still evolving, which I love. So maybe talk to us a bit about, you know, where you were, where you are, the highs and lows in the middle, and then
1: we'll see where we go. Yeah. Well, um, it's been certainly a journey <laughs> for me. I a little um, bit. <laughs> a little bit. So I grew up a pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. So I learned, uh, learned how to play music basically in church. Mm-hmm. And music was always very spiritual for me. It's always really tied to my spirituality and my spiritual practice and um and I I would have it wasn't it wasn't just like a cerebral thing. I would I would really experience the presence of God, what I would call the presence of God while um in in music and in playing and in singing and mm-hmm. even Dance. I grew up in like a charismatic Christian environment, so we were the we were the weirdos that did. Like, did you do flags? Bible. We had flags. We had speaking <laughs> in tongues. We had mm-hmm. slaying in the spirit, laughter, the whole nine yards. Barking. My school. Uh, we had some
0: barking in my school. I was in a char- bar- of a charismatic school. We just barking there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> some mild
0: barking. Mild barking. <laughs>
1: Any hissing or anything like that? No, uh, no hissing.
0: <laughs> okay, that's good.
1: Maybe in the deliverance session. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and I would have, yeah, yeah, like these sort of like mystical experiences mm-hmm. sometimes as a kid. And then um, as I grew up and got a job at a church and just put out a couple like records that were worship mm-hmm. music, uh, started touring around. And playing and getting recognition for this stuff I was at that same time kind of like wondering what was what was real about it and what was Mm -hmm. I would see a lot of uh you know when you start seeing behind the curtain and I think if anybody who just like takes it seriously if you actually like listen to what Jesus said and Mm -hmm. then you pay attention to what's done with what he said. You're kind of like, what, what is this? Like, what, yeah. <laughs> what is this whole thing? Yeah. Um, and so I was asking a lot of those questions as I was, hmm. as I was beginning to be known as a, you know, a, a professional Christian on some level. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that was very public and people got very upset at some of my questions and, and journey through that for a little while. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. It was driving me crazy, like trying mm-hmm. to figure it all out. Um, so I was just like, just, uh, I don't believe any of it. Mm-hmm. Just, um, throw it all out. Throw it all out. And even though that wasn't ever really actually throwing it out of my heart, mm-hmm. it was throwing it out of my head. Yep. Um, which actually ended up being a really important, beautiful, freeing stage of my journey mm. as well. Um, and in a strange way, though, it felt, one of the most faithful acts to God of my life mm. felt like uh st- stopping believing in God. It felt like that uh Meister Eckhart thing, like God rid me of God. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um But somehow in my heart, it was like a, an act of faithfulness. You know? Yeah. It's hard to describe, but. Yeah. Um And then. And then after a while, I got we started this podcast called the Liturgist Podcast with my friend, and um, we were talking about all these ideas, like because we had both had experiences with God that were kind of undeniable for us, but without really believing in God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <how do> you... <laughs> so like, what does that mean? Right. Um, how do you talk about the divine? How do you talk about God in a way that we can keep our minds on and do it without shame? And like, mm-hmm. what does any of this mean? How do we talk about it? and and then that kind of grew a, a another kind of community around it that was more of a deconstructing um, question asking conversation having group of people hmm. And uh, then I I was I'd say I kind of went through another round of spiritual seeking that wasn't just inside the church at first I had an inside of Christianity sort of seeking uh, Binge, I don't know, <laughs> of all just all different, different denominations, different yep. paths within Christendom, and then, uh, and then kind of went outside of its walls and really got into meditation and, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. Tried some psychedelics and all, all just seeking for a while outside, yeah. and, um, yeah, it was another beautiful uh point but or stayed or Mm -hmm. you know part of the journey or whatever and then but then after kind of post 2016 uh i had i had seen sort of the mechanism of that that seeking had kind of revealed itself to be uh one and the same as the rest of my egoic desires to to be seen as special and to Mm -hmm. have my dad be proud of me and to to be smart and approved of and mm-hmm. um and I just kinda before that I had the seeking felt objective. It almost felt like a, it, it wasn't uh wasn't on any sense of lack from me that I was seeking. I was just really objectively looking for truth. Sure. Um and then I kind of saw through that and then the yeah. seeking kind of lost its um power. Mm-hmm and i became much more comfortable with mystery you yeah. and um and so now i just i swim in mystery as mystery and mm. and yeah came back to after years of needing some space from christianity and from the church uh i just really have found that i don't have to for a little while i felt like to say what i was seeing and learning experience i had to speak with other words from outside of christianity because the words the definitions had been so narrowly defined and so narrowly thought narrowly thought of in the way that i grew up hmm. um and what had been taught to me what have been handed to me uh but now i've found all these uh beautiful saints and sages and mystics and and guides through the years who the words actually feel different to me now so i don't feel like i have to speak hmm of Shiva and Shakti to get to what I'm pointing at anymore. I can, I can actually use Christian language for it. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think Christianity is, um, actually full of a lot of potential for what it could be in the world. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've the last few years mm-hmm. been interested in kind of reclaiming the faith that is my native tongue that I grew up with and what could it, be if we didn't make it uh some egoic you know um colonial shame-based fear-based system of oppression (laughs) instead like (laughs) good uh, summary (laughs) (laughs) used it right used it to uh inspire open our hearts and inspire more love yeah
0: yeah i feel i feel what you're saying about like I feel like for a while, I just wanted to throw everything away. Like, because I grew up in a very similar to you, like it was a very narrow, fundamentalist kind of evangelical culture where, you know, it's our way or the highway. And that's just the way that it is. And so once I started to like rethink some things, which really happened for me when we had, we had our, we had a child and she had to go to the NICU. I told this story on the podcast many times, but racing with the doctors down the hallway, no idea what's going on. First time parent, they put this kid in the tank. They hook up all these wires to her. And so you can stick your hand in there. And I'm like, okay, stuck my hand in there. And she grabbed my finger and immediately I had this like theological crisis yeah. in the NICU. I'm like, original sin makes no sense anymore. Right. right. Hell makes no sense anymore. God's wrath makes no sense anymore. I'm like, all of a sudden, like I'm literally thinking all these things while my child is holding my finger. Right. And everything just kind of fell apart. And I went through this season of like, I just got through all this away. It's all ridiculous. The whole thing, close my Bible. I'm not going to go to church, do all the different things. And, but then I started to realize I had to do some digging, some studying and I started to get into like people like Bart Ehrman, people like Elaine Pagels, people showing me that the the history of Christianity is so wide and so diverse. And there's so much in there that I had like no idea, like, some yeah. very esoteric branches of Christianity where it's all about the inner work, a lot about the mystery type stuff that you're referring to. I'm like, oh, so I can call myself a Christian without being on that narrow road that I was brought up on. Like I can think differently, but still within the confines of this Christian umbrella. And for me, that was like so liberating because now I find myself exploring, like is it all sorts of different things, but being able to attach a lot of the Christian terminology to it that I grew up with, but it's almost been like redefined for me in this season of my life, if that makes any sense. It does make sense. So can you talk a little bit about, because I've seen you again, talk online about, and Twitter, um, I think on Instagram about things like regarding uh, Christ consciousness, um, oneness, which, you know, mystery, things like that you were just speaking Mm -hmm. about, because like I've been getting into people like obviously Richard Rohr, uh, Matthew Fox and the Cosmic Christ. Um, mm-hmm. Neil Donald Walsh does some really interesting things out there. I recently got introduced to like the Course in Miracles. I don't know if you've heard of that, probably have. have but I've yeah. dabbled in that a little bit. So I'm like expanding on all these different things. But again, like I've seen you mention some things about it. Um, and I've heard a lot of what people have said to me about what you've said <laughs> about it. And I found myself in this place where I was just talking to somebody the other day that I feel like whereas like deconstruction like 1.0 for me was rethinking hell and atonement and what about this Bible verse? What about that Bible verse? But now I feel like I've gone a couple layers into the onion. I feel like I'm rethinking a lot of other things. Like, whereas in the past it was, what about this verse? What about that verse? Now I'm thinking to myself, like, where am I separate from God at all? Like, are we like is me and the divine like one and the same kind of thing and maybe like you know when we die like life continues but like on the other side like, i'm thinking of all this crazy stuff but yet i still am doing it under the umbrella of christianity so i'm wondering if you mm-hmm. could speak to that a little bit because i've seen you share some of that online about oneness about uh, christ consciousness and those kind of things and what that's yeah. done for your theological expansion <laughs> so to speak
1: yeah I'd say that's actually at the bull'seye of the theological expansion. yeah and It's actually why I felt the need to speak outside of Christianity for a while because mm-hmm. in Christianity, when you start getting a little deeper in the onion, like you said, <laughs> um traditionally, not I wouldn't say exclusively, but uh-huh. traditionally, Orthodox Christianity holds it very important to keep a distinction between creator and creation. Yep. And I see, um, on one level, I see the value in that, Mm -hmm. but I think it also is, I think, I think it's very plain the way I read it now, the way I see it in Jesus's words. And even in a lot of other parts of scripture, um, And this is, I think this is also what a lot of the mystics were getting at, Um, Teresa of Avila and St. Francis and John of the Cross and like the mystics that would sort of get lost in the presence of God to the point where they lost themselves Mm -hmm. in God. Mm -hmm. And I think we don't, sometimes we focus this conversation as though it's about God. So like, what is the nature of God? Is God um is god this rock is god this uh, is god this whatever and we think we're making it we're as though god is a thing that we could um parse out and understand mm-hmm. and then draw the lines around yeah but if god is infinite mm-hmm. if god is omnipresent and all in all and these are st- stuff you can find right in the bible mm-hmm. um and, and through history and through orthodoxy, like words, we say it. If we don't, I actually don't think at this point, we have to do much reforming about who God is or what God is as much as we have to do the reforming on who do we think we are. Mm. And that's not actually in the creeds. That's not, there's no uh, really hammered out theology that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um really s- seriously looking at who are we? What are we? We just go, we believe in one God. Who's the we? And if we get down into that question and we begin to ask that question seriously, uh, we get to be in a little lonelier road of Christendom. There's not a whole lot of Christians that have done that, mm-hmm. but there are some, Yeah. but there are a lot of other mystics and sages from other traditions who have done that and who have done some of that work mm-hmm. to help, like lead some breadcrumbs when you're like, who when I say I believe in God, when I say I believe in Jesus, when I say what happens to me when I die? Mm-hmm. All these things that are just presupposed when we're starting the conversation. Yeah. So when we actually get serious and ask that, and we go, okay, so what part of me mm-hmm. is self-sustained, is is like not dependent on God mm-hmm. for its being right now? Yeah. What is there a part of my brain that is somehow, if you shut off the rest of the universe from it, it would keep going. Yeah. If you shut off its sort its connection to divine source, that it would just keep being what it is. Mm-hmm. Or is that impossible by the nature of reality? Is it all already interconnected in a way that you couldn't possibly? We couldn't even like these bodies couldn't survive ten seconds if you took the Earth away from us right now. Yeah we just were in space, the bodies would immediately die. And what part of me or a soul or spirit is not dependent on in every fiber of its being on source, on God, on the ground of being? Yeah. And what what of it is actually fundamentally other than that ground of being? Mm-hmm. And if we say, can you find it? Can you show it to me? I have not been able to find it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> if you can find it, <laughs> let me know. Right. But when I look, I can't find anything that's not dependent on everything else. That's right. And and then the metaphors that some of the mystics have used, like I'm a wave in the ocean, starts making more sense. Yep. It's like, what of what of me is not this water, is not this ocean of being? Yeah. And if there is nothing of me that is not ultimately from all in all and of all in all, then where is the distance? Where is the division between God and me? And that's yeah. not even a statement about God as much as me.
0: Yep. That's right.
1: I don't have to understand what God is. I have no idea what God is. Yeah. But I just notice that when I look for who am I separate from God, I yeah. can't find anything. Yeah. And so then when I let go into that, um, the experience of separateness fades away. Yeah. and that's that's where the poetic language of it's all one or or it's all God but mm-hmm. it's not it's not a it's not an ism. That's not a belief from, from when it's spoken from a place of of seeing. it's it's more of just a description. It's a poetic description of what it's like when thy will, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven actually. Happens inside my heart.
0: Yeah, my um, I've been thinking a lot about that you mentioned about the ocean and that kind of mystic slash Buddhist kind of illustration of life and and death. My father died in March, and so I was reading. It was my first like real significant loss in my life, and it, what it really taught me is I don't know how to grieve. Is what that really taught me because I felt like all my life. Especially ministry. And I'm sure you've had this experience. Like you you almost feel like you have to stuff your grief away in those times because like you have the work of the Lord to do. You know, like you have to who's gonna preach? You know, if you're if you're stuck in a place of grief and who's gonna, you know, be the leader, things like that. So that's always the mindset I had. And so when my dad my my father passed away, I realized like I I can't approach this situation with that mentality. I can't just go back to the podcast and throw myself into my work and do all the different things. Like I need to create some significant space to really feel this. And so I did that and I picked up some books. I was reading some Thich Han and some of the stuff he was talking about regarding that very idea about the ocean. I began to realize that like, you know, maybe when it comes to life and death and, and God, like if God is the ocean, we're like a wave, right? That like manifests out of that ocean for, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years of life, and it's beautiful and it's amazing and has its highs and its lows, things like that. But eventually, that wave crashes into a rock. But when it does, it doesn't cease to be the ocean, right? It's just the wave unmanifests out of the wave and goes back into the ocean. I felt like thinking a lot about my dad, like I felt like that made a lot of sense to me because, like, my dad, you know, rose out of the ocean for 70 years. He hit against a rock of cancer, but fell back into the ocean. Of the divine and that gave me like a lot of hope but going back to the idea of oneness it made me realize how really connected we could very possibly be to the divine almost to the sense where there's really very little degree of separation between between us where we really are all one and i don't know i don't know what to do with that in this space of my life because like you said there's really no x you can't really put words on that but i feel like if if we could grasp whatever that might mean especially as like a As individuals, of course, but as societies, as cultures, I feel like that has like world changing effects. If we could grasp the idea, right, that we are that connected to the divine and therefore that connected to each other as well, I think that has drastic effects that could have.
1: It totally does. And we wouldn't have war. Yes. If we all saw this, we wouldn't have racism. We wouldn't have bigotry. We wouldn't it can't happen You, in the same way that we're not all going around poking our own eyeballs. Right. Why, why don't you poke your own eyeballs? Cause it hurts. And that would make me my, my sight harder. Like, why would I do that? Right. In the same way, if we see that we are the same ground of being as our neighbor, yeah, that's how we love our enemies. That's how we pray for our enemies. That's how he's, Jesus says, when you visit them in prison, you're visiting me. It's not, he's not, it's not a metaphor. Yeah, He's speaking, he's speaking as that, which actually is in prison. He's speaking for that life, capital L, that truth, capital T, that being that at beneath our stories, beneath our um, ideas of what separates this wave from that wave, we all truly are. And he saw it. Yeah. That's what, that's the way I read yeah. his teaching. Yeah. And it, it makes, seeing it that way made everything that he said make so much more sense than it used to. There would yeah. always be like these weird outliers of things he said that never made sense at all to me in the, in the more orthodox understanding. Yep. And now it yep. just really was like, wow. And he even said, most of you are not going to understand what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I, back in the day, I was like, yeah, they're, they're not understanding what he was saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it does, it, it drastically changes everything. Even when you go back to that question of hell and original sin, like there's, if we take away the pos- like if we just see that there's no way we could be separate mm-hmm. from the ground of being, if there's, if there's no way that creation could ever actually be separate from its creator, yeah. there can be distinctions made. I think it's worth making a distinction that Michael Gunger is not God it's sure. important. Yeah. Because if Michael Gunger is god that that means the th- that story that we're saying about what is Michael Gunger uh, you know it's a it's a limited story and it's over and against other stories and now we're just elevating one story above other stories and it's it's weird it, it doesn't work. Yeah. But if whatever we are, whatever Glenn and Michael and the tree and the rock and the sun and everything yeah fundamentally is under those distinctions and distinctions are beautiful and important, yeah. but under the distinctions, like um, more fundamental than the distinctions. Yeah. If we see that and feel that it really roots out the sin, if you will, it really is salvation. Cause it roots out that which would make me um, continue to act out of a sense of separation. I think that's what all the, the big sins are. When yeah. I'm being greedy, when I'm being, lust when I'm like wanting something to be other than it is Yeah. and lusting when I'm, when I'm in hatred and I, I want somebody to die. I want the enemy. I want vengeance, all that stuff cannot, cannot thrive in, in an awareness of love in the same way that I, again, can't poke my own eyes. No, yeah. if I know, if I just notice I'm the one poking my eyes, I stop immediately mm-hmm. if I notice that what I think of as my enemy, what I think of as the thing that I need to get to get be happy, when I notice that all of that is just fundamentally me. Mm-hmm. It's fundamentally my, the love that I am, and that I do. I can't be separated from. I, I can't be violent in those ways. Mm-hmm. I cannot, in remembrance of that, yep. continue to harm myself. It's yep. just it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah yeah you know, it's it's funny you said that you know once you see some of this stuff in the teachings of jesus like you can't you can't not see it right like you can't unsee it like you didn't see it before but then once you saw it you're like oh yeah it's like actually everywhere and i had that same uh kind of situation when i came across uh, jesus's word to the disciples where he's saying or he's praying for the disciples and he says to the father that like you are in me and i'm in them mm-hmm. And that, you know, for me, like now that seems like it's almost saying that there's, there's a separation, but there's not a separation, right? It's like, like you said, like, it's important to make the distinction that I'm not God. Everybody would be in big trouble (laughs) if I I was God, (laughs) You're, you're not God. But yet at the same time, there's this, there, there is a separation, but there isn't a separation because like Jesus said, the father's in me, I'm in them. Like we're all in essence connected. Like there is not this this massive separation that I feel like many of us have been been told that I was certainly raised with. And for me, like, again, going back to like my daughter and I'm sure you've had this experience too, like kids can really make you rethink your theology sometimes if you'll, if you'll let them, because I know for me, like my daughter has asked me like all these books and stuff, like what are all these books and kind of tell her that I used to be a pastor of a church and I teach people about God and Jesus, things like that. And so she's asked a lot of questions about Jesus. And so I told her about like the cross and things like that. She's like, well, what's the point of all of that? Like, what, why is that like in the, in the Bible? Like, what, what does this story mean? So going backwards, like in my past, obviously, you know, the, the answer was that, you know, God was angry at our sin. And so, you know, Jesus had to die to take our place, things like that. But I've really tried to rethink like, how can I, how can I share this story with her in a way that's going to be meaningful and not, violent and horrible you know like th- that i mm-hmm. was raised with and so the way I, i've kind of shared it with her has made a lot of sense to me is that you know we all are born in the image of god and the breath of the divine is in all of us and there's like a spark inside of us that's just like god's spark it's like a fire inside but as we grow up and we go through life you know we forget who we are You know, I said, don't you forget who you are at Mm. school sometimes? She's like, yeah, on the playground, sometimes I get angry, whatever. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I Mm -hmm. said, there's so many times I forget who I am. I said, but God saw that and said, oh man, my people need a reminder, you know, of who, of who they are. And so Jesus, God lived inside of Jesus in this perfect and amazing way. And I said, so when we look at Jesus, we remember who we are and all these Mm. different stories about him. And I said, especially on the cross, I said, when they nailed him to the cross, wouldn't you be a little angry if people are doing that to you? She's like, yeah. I said, yeah, but Jesus said he responded with love and forgiveness. And I said that love and forgiveness was so strong that three days later he rose from the dead. I said, because there's so much power in love and in forgiveness and grace and peace, all these things. I said, so when we look at that, we remember, aha, that's who I am. And that's what it means to be a human. And I feel like for me, like in trying to craft a story for her, I felt like it spoke more to me (laughs) maybe than it did to her. Right. Because I feel like now like that whole story has all new meaning. And I can look at it through that lens of oneness and not being separate and being connected. And like you said, again, going back, if we could all grasp that, imagine the problems that we could we could solve. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, so fast forward to this Instagram post that blew up the internet uh, a couple weeks ago, and I know you did a—I think you did like a thirty-minute solo podcast too on the Liturgist, where you kind of talked through it a little bit. I was listening to it the other day, but take us into that a little bit because you shared about, you know, this desire to go back to church, like church shopping, and you said earlier about how, like, you intellectually at one point threw it all away. And then you started to rethink some things, bring some pieces back, talking about the Christian mystic, things like that. And now you're looking to actually go back into a church setting. So maybe talk to us about what that process of thinking has been like, and also what is your success or, or not or not success been in finding yeah. a place that can kind of house all of these ideas that we're sharing?
1: Yeah, um, well, I think having been out of church for so long, Mm -hmm. there are definitely aspects of it that I've missed. Um, And there's something about, even when Jesus said, like when two or three are gathered in my name, Mm -hmm. I'm there. Uh, Even if we take that, like to the Christ consciousness thing, there's something powerful about as we are living out this Christ consciousness and embodying it there's something powerful about joining together Mm -hmm. um in our remembrance and in our celebration of like the eucharist and the the all the um sacraments and stuff and 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 singing and just looking at another human in the eyes and remembering that we're one like it's it's important i think Mm -hmm. um and it's that, and me saying it's important is not saying that I think everyone should go to church, mm-hmm. but I, I think that there's not a lot in our society that is built for that reason. Like everything else is pretty much a business or something. Right. So like, yeah. and and arguably most churches are just that too. The give but, and take. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just like transactional hubs yep. for, to get something from, but to have theoretically idealistically this group of people that gets together just to increase the love Mm -hmm. in the world Mm -hmm. and in our lives what a beautiful idea (laughs) um unfortunately yeah it sometimes falls short of that ideal (laughs) but (laughs) uh but i still love the idea and i i also just don't I've noticed when I was out of having been out of the church so long I, I also miss just sort of the synergy of mm-hmm. um wanting to work for this world to be a more beautiful place yeah. with others and trying to do that by myself is pretty hard yeah um so just to have little practical ways of being in people's lives and mm-hmm. going through rituals and all that so fun um so I've been I've been curious about that for a while but it's been And gone occasionally to churches, but it's been, it was the last few months that really kind of amped up. I was like, I really would love to find a place, um, and was not having a lot of luck. And then just, I was at the gym and I was like, maybe I should just have the idea while I was on the, whatever, rower or something. (laughs) I should just ask some of my Instagram people if they know any churches in this area that I might like, um, so I wasn't expecting anything of the post and all of a sudden it started blowing up. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what's happening? What, <laughs> what is I, happening? What do um, I do? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's been interesting. I, I think it kind of, for me, drew attention to the fact that I'm not alone in this mm-hmm. desire. Um, I think it drew also attention to sort of the tribal um, nature of a lot of this, a lot of our religion and beliefs and stuff that, uh, because I've talked a lot about God mm-hmm. the whole time, mm-hmm. um, but when there's a perception that I wasn't on the team anymore for whatever reason, those perceptions got created. My thoughts about God were completely irrelevant or whatever to most most people <laughs> or whatever. <Yeah. laughs> um, and I think I maybe overestimated uh people's care about specific theology or thoughts about god and underestimated the sense of are you on my team yeah or not yeah. and um so i think there was some of that that people were like whoa are you on my team mm-hmm. um that was part of the post too and the sad the sad part about that to me is like yes of course I was, i've was, i always been on your team yeah right. <laughs> I'm not on i I'm not against any other team, but I'm on your team. Yeah. I'm for you. I'm I'm in your family. Um and yeah, anyway, so I have found some places um and I've gone to one place in particular a few times that I've really been loving, and I think I'll be going there a lot, but mm-hmm. uh one of the hard parts of this has been to find a place that's open enough theologically for someone like me um who sees god in everything as all in all yeah. and then and then having any kind of like compelling liturgy that is artistically aesthetically uh beautiful mm. to me and, and i'm just i'm kind of a snob with that i guess but uh <laughs> a lot of times i found that some of the more open beautiful theology tends to have a liturgy that feels like it's stuck, 150 years ago or something, yeah. or like just kind of this odd point of time to really grasp on as being the the beautiful time or something. I was like, why? Are, let's make some new shit, or you know.
0: But the liturgy caught up with the thinking. Right? Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's uh, you know, when you talk about like the team stuff, when you you know you posted that video, and you know people. Some people wonder, like, is Mike back on my team? You know, like, back on the church team. Other people are kind of, Mike's leaving my team because he's the Mm -hmm. note. I'm on the no church team, and now he's going somewhere else, right? And it's funny, like, I a few years ago, uh, somebody I posted something about my podcast, and my wife had shared it on her Facebook page, and you know, somebody messaged her from our old church and was like, you know, you're, I can't believe you're going down this road. Like, you're not. One of us kind of thing anymore. Like, you're not a Christian anymore. And she's like, no, like, I, you know, still believe in Jesus. You know, I still believe in X, Y, and Z. Like, I'm, I feel like we're on the same team. And this person's like, we're not on the same team anymore because you're not going to church. Wow. You don't believe this. My wife, we had this like long conversation because it was literally like blew us away that like these people who we had spent so much time with because we stopped believing in this one thing intellectually was like all of a sudden we were no longer part of the team and i was like i feel like we're all on the same team in a sense but like i still feel like i'm on that christian you know i felt like i was under that christian umbrella but you know it's just when you start to when that language starts to come up it really makes you it really made me rethink just a lot of things about relationships and a lot of things about um you know people who i had um been close with in the past and just Maybe just rethink a lot of stuff. So just hearing you talk about that team aspect of things brought up a whole lot of emotion just now,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I mean, if we're honest, it's probably the big force that had any of us believing any of it in the first place, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we were taught, yeah that to belong, we had to believe, yeah, whether it was stated so explicitly or not, that was the truth. so. Yeah. So we believed and we've jumped through all these mental hoops to, yeah. be- I mean, it take. how do you get people to believe that God would send someone to an eternal fire to burn forever if they think the wrong things about it? Like that's insane, yeah. but you get like really intelligent people to somehow to buy into that. How yeah. you need some really effective, like psychological triggers and levers mm-hmm. to pull yeah and belonging is one of our big ones it's just sure. one of our big evolutionary triggers it's like you want to be safe you need a tribe that's going to be around you that's going to support you yeah we're, we're that's built into our dna so like you want support believe in this monstrous god yeah okay okay whatever yeah. I need. you know right. <laughs> stop throwing me out in order to belong and then somebody if somebody's like us, yep. like a lot of us start to question some of those uh, conditions for belonging. It really can trigger yeah. uh, the others in the tribe for sure.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about my, it's like my days in seminary. I can remember there was, there's always like an in group in the school and like the, the school of, I mean, the the group of like people who really grasped the theology, they were really close to certain professors and like, I really wanted to be part of that group right because again it's about belonging and i really felt like i wanted to belong you know in this in this team of people and i can remember you know i had i had questions i've always been the inquisitive type like i've always had questions like hell didn't always make a whole lot of sense to me but i just yes i believe it because i have to right like to, yeah. atonement didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me but yes i have to believe originals and all these things and I would just kind of shut up that voice in my head that was quieting right. me because that, that's the devil you know. that's the devil whispering in my ear, you know, God has said, but you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I would just kind of like the yes, man, I just kind of went forward. And that, that being part of that group just meant so much to me that I just silenced all those questions for so long. And I feel like now I'm in this space with this podcast and I'm sure you had that experience with your own podcast and exploring all these different things and asking all these questions. Like I realized like how it felt like it would be so freeing to be part of that group. But at the same time, I look back on it now, I'm like, what bondage I was in because yeah. I was so tied up and wanting to be liked or wanting to be approved of or wanted to be yeah. whatever. And now though, that I'm asking all these questions, I'm like, man, how freeing this is to just be able to explore and not have to worry about what that professor thinks of my faith if i'm really a christian or not who cares like i i am a christian because that's what i call myself and i feel like i follow the way of christ and that's what it looks like for me you know so and i feel like i'm free of all of those expectations now and i just feel like i'm able to um to walk the path in such a more free
1: way if that makes any sense (laughs) it really does i i heard this i heard this uh Somebody say this the other day. I thought it was amazing. Um, but you know how how the that that old phrase like the the uh the most powerful thing the devil could do is make you think he doesn't exist or something. You yep. heard that? Yeah. And they're like, no. And it came from a revelation of having been in church a long time. They're like, no, I think the most powerful thing the devil could do is convince you that he's God. <laughs> the God that a lot of us grew up with is as antichrist as anything could possibly be. Yeah. Yeah. As as satanic as anything could possibly be. Yeah. And somehow a lot of us bought that this satanic repressive, oppressive, terrible character um, was God. Yeah. What a trick. Yep. Yep. I think it was
0: Rob Bell who said the good news is better than that, right? Like it's got to it's be infinitely
1: better. That's the worst news possible. I can't yeah. think of it's the, it's not good news in any form no. other than unless you're a complete selfish psychopath who's like, well, at least I'm getting in. Right. What? Right. Right. That's like thinking the Holocaust is good news. Cause I'm not a Jew. Right. <laughs> what thank god for me crazy yeah yeah
0: i always remember like i always had that again I go back to that inquisitive nature i can remember being in sixth grade and we were talking about this is this probably won't surprise you but our teacher i was in a private christian school our bible teacher was taking us through the book of revelation as a sixth grader like we're studying this book and we're watching uh that old 70s movie um uh, what's it about it's about being left behind it's called, oh my god, uh, yeah I, the song is in my head and it's going to trigger me but anyway it was that 70s movie <laughs> and it the, was all that
1: traumatized a lot of us exactly a uh, thief in the night
0: thief in the night that's the one and i can remember thinking to myself like so jesus is going to come and take me away and that's a, that's a good thing but like what if my family doesn't believe the right things? they're going to get left behind and they're going to be getting for them. fire Tough rained for them. on them right <laughs> but I'm going to be celebrating in heaven and all excited and like partying yeah. with Jesus. Like, or if I die and I go to heaven and they go to hell, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like then is God going to be mad at me because I'm not happy in heaven or, or my feelings going to be wiped away. So I'm just automatically like a robot who's happy. Like exactly. none of that made any sense to me. But again, I was like, yes, I believe it. Cause that's what I'm told to believe.
1: <laughs> and then after like, after like 10 trillion years, you're still doing it. You're still partying. <laughs> and you're like, Hey, have they had enough? No. No. They have not. <laughs> I mean, it's the craziest possible story. I don't know how they got any of us to believe it. I don't know. A never-ending service with boring liturgy, as you were saying yeah. before. Horrible liturgy. <laughs> <We're also laughs> uh, oh, it was wow. also funny. When you actually try to imagine any of it, it just so quickly becomes either comical or horrifying but even like going up to jesus in that kind of like setting like you're some of the good ones you get in you're like you see jesus he's right in front of you and when you like put it into like real you bow down what do you do like hi i (laughs) fine. but he's like he's like yes (laughs) yes you may worship me now (laughs) right and then like how long like after 20 minutes you're like sitting there bowing and then you're like are we gonna do something continue please continue to bow are
0: there a derves anywhere? Do anyone <laughs> <eat> snacks?
1: <laughs> You're really awesome, Jesus. Right.
0: You just sing keep it safe. again, everybody. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> oh wow, oh, well, Michael, we are <laughs> we're just about at the end of our time. Uh, but this has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for making time for me. Uh, for our listeners, thank you again for the work that you're doing. I really appreciate you.
1: Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, and real quick, uh, where's the best place for people who don't know too much of you? Where's the best place to find you on the interwebs?
1: Mm. Um, at Gunger Music or at Michael Gunger on Insta uh, Instagram at Michael Gunger or at Gunger Music and everywhere else at Gunger Music.
0: Much. Awesome. I'll put the links in the show notes, and maybe we can do it again sometime.
1: Yeah. Thank you All so right. much. It's yeah, fun. definitely.